and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Frank van der Putten. So Frank is the former head coach of freestyle snowboarding of the Netherlands, and there he used goal setting to make sure he was getting the best out of his athletes every single day. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Frank onto the show. So Frank, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Hey Matt, thank you for having me, man. Thank you very much for joining us. So can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I've been the former head coach of freestyle snowboarding for the Netherlands. I've been in that role for about five years. And previous to that, I've been working as a junior and youth coach for another five for the Federation. So I've been working there for 10 years. Um, And currently, I'm kind of diversified in a couple of different businesses, actually. So I'm working as a as a personal trainer at this amazing facility called Kraftmeesters. Uh, next to that, I've created a company where we provide a business solution on nutrition called Melon Lab. And um, yeah, I'm consulting a um, couple of CEOs on different types of companies on goal settings, leadership, and everything. Well, that I can basically translate from you know the the professional sports world into the business world. So it's kind of yeah, it's kind of diversified, to be honest. It's cool. I think it's a, a really interesting career as well, because obviously working in elite sport is one thing, but uh, being able to translate that back into what you might, in inverted commas, call the real world is uh, is also very, very interesting. And uh, we're here today to discuss some of that goal-setting stuff. So um, obviously everyone can, can benefit from goal-setting, or we, we think at least we can. Um, but why should we bother, right? Like why do, why do people wake up in the morning and, and say, right, I'm going to achieve A, B, and C today? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think from, from how everyone is being brought up, it's it's already set in everyone's mind, obviously, that you know you want to achieve something. And um, not everyone, obviously, but most of the people that will listen, you know, they're they're uh, in sports or you know they they do a sport themselves or they they're a coach. Um, and yeah, most of the times, especially in a facility where you work at Papendal, where I used to work. Yeah, uh, athletes will come to you and they say, well, you know, I, I would like to win an Olympic gold medal or I like to be a world champion. And then if you have those type of result goals in your mind, it's really um, important to make sure that you set up process goals that will be able to help you achieve those goals. And yeah, from the experience that I have, it's quite, um, yeah, quite obvious that if you work with great goals that will support that end goal it's going to be easier to work towards that so you mentioned two different types of goals there so what are the difference between different types of goals which you can set yeah so just uh just to use my 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 former uh, my former sport i used to coach in freestyle snowboarding which is a highly skill-based sport obviously they do need to do and perform a lot of different tricks uh, we probably all played Tony Hawk Pro Skater or something. So everyone will know the 360s and the 540s, stuff like that. So say that if we're talking about result goals, obviously that's the result that you want to get. So you might want to become an Olympic champion or you want to be the best in the world at something. That's your result goal. And then if we talk about process goals, it's more you're going to break down how goal so for instance if we look at the previous olympics with snowboarding snowboarders were doing 1620s and 1800s there well 
we can break those down in process goals. So those, all those tricks together, basically, in a methodical way. And hopefully, when you can do those tricks at the moment that you need to do them and be able to form them, uh, they will set you up for that result goal, right? So you've uh, you basically got your, your big end goal and then everything underneath that are the, the process goals, which are the ones that which you, you need to hit so that you can achieve your big end goal. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. And I think later for me, one of the most important things that uh, that adds to that is that you need to be able to make sure that it's basically in pencil, right? When you make a periodization for your athletes, um, uh, well, when I was working at Papano, we always talked about a pencil periodization because you still want to have the ability to maybe, you know, change a little bit. Maybe day to day, you obviously can't be strict on a couple of goals, but you still want to have that aim and that ability to eventually get there. And if you drift off too far from those goals, yeah, you probably will not reach your end goal. And in terms of their effectiveness, right? Like, how do they work? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, how often does this really work? Because if you say, let's say, I want to be world champion, right? Um, I can say I want to be world champion in uh, in freestyle uh, snowboard, right? Uh, that's not going to happen, no matter how Zero. many process goals that I can I can make, right? Like, I I would fall on my ass way too many times and eventually give up. But yeah, um, what's the evidence to suggest that these things work? Yeah, zero, yeah, like zero chance that you will be on the top of the podium, Matt, in freestyle snowboarding. <laughs> Dream crushed. <laughs> Sorry, mate. We can take that off uh, <laughs> off right now. Um, no, nah, that's a great question. Like, obviously, not every goal that we, we would like to set will be uh, achievable. And obviously, when you work in top sports and you're an athlete, you will have coaches who hopefully will be able to guide you through um, yeah, the goals that you have. And I mean, if you're in a youth national program, yeah, you'll probably have the skills to eventually go to, say, a goal where you would become an Olympic gold medalist or maybe you would reach an Olympic final or anyone, anything close to that. Um, but we can also obviously make goals a little bit smaller. They don't always need to be, oh, I want to be on an Olympic stage. And I would like to reference to one of your uh, podcasts from a couple of months ago where you had Red Larson on. And I love the fact that Red was speaking on his warm-ups, obviously. That's what he uh, is mostly famous for. And it's something that I oftentimes, when we have interns or, or coaches that I'm teaching, that I refer to as well, it's like, hey, if you look at warm-ups um, and say you have 15 minutes of warm-up time and you do three sessions a week, that would be 45 minutes, right? And if someone would have uh, maybe 45 weeks of training every year, quick calculation, you will have 33 hours every year that you spend up on a warm-up, right? So if, for instance, you would just do a couple of jumping jacks, uh, a couple of burpees or whatever you do to warm up, well, that's, in my opinion, that's wasted time. So if you set, um, if you set goals for those warm-ups that will actually help you set maybe result goals or anything that you want to achieve, it will be way more easy eventually to reach those goals um so yeah in, in that um with that in mind i think they really do work so they they will help you uh, get closer to what you want but obviously they need to be sort of realistic right 
I think that, that brings us on to the next uh, point really nicely. Uh, what, what kind of structure do we need to have for those goals? Because, um, yeah, realistic is, is obvious. I'm not going to make it in that, in that pro snowboard scene. Okay. What's something realistic? Well, maybe I should, uh, go to the, to the local ski slope and, uh, and have a go on that first. So how do we make a structure for goal setting, which is then useful for everyone who's going to uh, be setting those goals all the way from an athlete through to a coach? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, and we probably all learned in school the, the, the whole smart goal setting system, which is in, in all honesty, it works really well. Um, but hopefully we can update that a little bit. But re- yeah, something needs to be realistic, right? So what we always talk to, especially when we were uh, teaching younger kids, was that, you know, when you're 12, it's good to have a goal where you say, oh, you know, eventually I want to be the best of the world. That's great. Uh, but it needs to be something more close to what you want to achieve this year or what you want to achieve next year. And obviously, when we look at professional sports, the way that we operated when I was working uh, for the Snowboard Federation was, okay, we want to look at the end goal for this year or maybe in two years from now. So say, you know, I, I would like to be on the podium of my first World Cup. Okay, so that's our end result goal. The way we would um, then look at it is like, hey, we want to work back from that. So, okay, to get there, that means that you need to have certain types of tricks. And then you can do two things. One, you're going to make an overview of, hey, what are the tricks that you can do right now? And then B, what are the tricks that are necessary to eventually be on that podium? And obviously, then you have kind of a gap probably. Say someone is able to do a 1080 and he wants to do a 1440, which is a full 360 extra. Well, that's first of all what you want to do. That's what your goals are. But then you got to think about, hey, how am I going to fill that in? So obviously you're going to probably start with a periodization. You're going to look at, hey, when do I have competitions? When do I have any training? So you're still working back from that. Um, And then you're going to see like, oh, I probably only have six weeks of training on snow that I can try and build these tricks on. Okay, that's perfect. I want to learn three new tricks. I got six weeks for them. That means that during these two weeks, I'm going to work on this trick. During these two weeks, I got to work on that trick. Um, And then you can basically get it all the way back to where we are today and what you want to do tomorrow in your program. And then basically the structure that will help you get there is A, you want to analyze and assess. And that was what we were doing right now, right? So we had that end result. You want to be at the World Cup podium. Uh, B, you're going to work all the way back to everything that you need to do. And this is only technical, right? You still would have your physical training. You would have your nutrition. Uh, Maybe you work with a mental coach. But first of all, you would start with analyze and assess. As soon as you've done that, you will come up with your plan. When you have your plan, what I want to introduce to most people always is look at your plan and look at what could go wrong. So if we would look at snowboarding, for instance, if we would be in the mountains for two weeks and I want to learn, say, a 1260 and I can do a 1080, but two weeks is going to be shitty weather. That means that I cannot learn that trick because, you know, the jumps will not be able uh, to be good enough to do those tricks on. So it's. For me, it's really important to, as soon as you've planned, already look ahead towards what could be a factor that could be make sure that I will not reach my goals, right? Um, well, as soon as you plan that as well, I think then you can go to the next phase. You will go to execution. 
after execution, you will evaluate and then the cycle starts again. So you will get back to the planning part, maybe back to the analyzing part if you're a year or two years ahead. So basically, if, it, if I would be able to sum it up, you would A, analyze and assess. B, you would make a plan for it. C, you would have alternatives to the plan if it doesn't go well. And then you're going to execute and you're going to evaluate it again. And when when you go through to that execution phase, um, how do we make sure that the goals are achieved? Because there needs to be some kind of responsibility there, right? Like you can't just say, hey, uh, I'm going to go and run a marathon and then, yeah, they, then not train because oh, yep. well, I didn't need to train. Like there was, there was no, there's no need for it. I just, just went and ran it, for example. So yeah. how do we, how do we make sure that those goals are actually achieved? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I think that's where, uh, where actually, you know, it, it comes in that you as the athlete or you as the person that wants to achieve a goal actually, um, will be able to execute it and actually want to do that. So that's it's a little bit of a harder um, science to grasp. But normally, if you would have a belief of what you want to achieve, um, it's something obviously that you will work towards. Um, and obviously, if you will not be able to do it for whatever reason, and obviously that will be more of a mental state than anything else, um, it will be hard to reach your goal. Obviously, and especially if we look at snowboarding, there could be a, a transition, say, if you would go from your 1080s to your 1440s. And you will struggle to be able to go from a 1080 to 1440. Say you will struggle technically. Well, hopefully you will have a good coach that could help you get there. But for everyone, there's there's going to be a ceiling, right? We're not going to be all the best three snowboarders in the world. Or we're not all going to, you know, run the marathon the fastest. Um, so there will be a ceiling somewhere. And I think it's not okay to say, oh, we can get and achieve anything that we want right so I, I think it's good to say that up front as well yeah I, of course it has to be realistic right like you can't just uh if i said tomorrow uh i'm gonna run an ultra marathon and that's gonna be completed by uh, sunday evening then uh yeah that's not gonna happen no um, exactly I'm, I'm just gonna break unfortunately yeah um, but when when we then look to make this practical i'd really love to hear some examples from from your own life as well you've given some really interesting examples about how athletes could do this uh, could you walk us through how you've done that previously? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, as a coach, I, I've got one example I'd like to share. One of my former athletes, Nick van der Velde, he just got sixth in the Olympics in freestyle snowboarding, which is a great result um, for, for a snowboarder from a country without any mountains, obviously. <laughs> um, he, I've talked to him yesterday quite a bit. Uh, we were having a nice coffee together. And um, he was talking to me about uh, his warm-up. Uh, they had three days before the big air practice. And with big air, they are only doing one jump. And he said, you know, Frank, the, the first two days, they weren't really that well. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't doing the jumps that I actually wanted to do. And then the third day came around. I kind of felt the pressure for uh, the competition day. And I really needed to get it going. And then I also got it going. So I kind of talked to him about it. And then... It reminded me of one of the, the trainings that we did probably four or five years ago where we made all the athletes put down in writing and in paper how in a perfect world they would set up their training for the next day. So that's still goal setting, but only for one day. So say they were, okay, we're going to go up on the mountain at nine. That means that, you know, we're snowboarding by 930. 
we're going to go snowboarding till 12. That means we're probably going to have 10 runs. Tell me exactly from run one to 10, how in a perfect world you would like those tricks to be. So say you're going to start with a straight air to test your speed. Then you're going to do a 1080. And after that, I want to do like the third run. I want to do the hardest trick that I can do because in competition, it goes the exact same way. You only got a couple runs to warm up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually great. Like I haven't thought about it like that because that worked really well when we were trying and training that way with the athletes. So that's a small example on how goal setting can help to make sure that the next day you're on top of mind what you want to do and how fast you want to get there. Um, and yeah, obviously in, in my own world, um, there's, there's basically a, I'm, I'm a pretty structured person, which is not always great, but, um, I will always use the, the, you know, plan and assess, then kind of look at like what, what could be something that will throw me off track. So I will, how will I be able to manage that and then execute and do. And for instance, one of my, uh, one of my former gigs that was new for me, that was last week I was commentating for the Olympics. That was a new experience for me. And I kind of went through this whole cycle. Um, I was actually goal setting on how I wanted to be able to communicate and commentate on the Olympics. So I was kind of trying to plan upfront, like, hey, what am I going to, what do I want the audience to listen to? Where should my energy level be? Uh, what do I want to introduce them? Like, how do I want to explain snowboarding? Uh, what could go wrong? already put some stuff in writing there as well. How could I fill that up if that would happen? Um, and then again, execute. I would do that session. And then when we would come out of the booth right away, and that's actually funny because I'm, you know, I'm used to that from being in a professional sports environment. I would ask my lead commentary, hey, do you got some, you got some feedback for me? You've been doing this for quite a while. Could you please tell me what went great and what I can be or what I can improve on? And then, uh, yeah, I went through that whole cycle again for the next day and it really worked well. I think that's a, that's a really interesting example and, and from different places as well, right? Obviously from a, from a sport context, but from a commentary perspective, it's, uh, it's completely different, but with, with pretty much the same ideas, um, yeah. that you can work towards uh, a goal and, uh, yeah, analyze and assess that with help from others as well, because obviously getting uh, getting someone to come in and say hey you know I'm I'm an expert on this topic um I think that a b and c could be better that can remodel your goal setting for the next day which uh, is also a really great thing to take away I think for a lot of athletes who maybe have a, a coach with them and they can say yeah you know what the the way that you moved in uh, trick a b and c today um you want to look at your your foot placement or whatever then you have that specific target for the next day which might not influence your your medium or long-term plans but short term it can give you that extra little boost to, to motivate you or to uh, to change your technical aspects yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, Matt. and when we're looking at uh professional athletes obviously they have those coaches around them they have people who can help them and uh, potentially even a huge staff who are there to make sure that they can perform their best every single day. Amateur athletes might not have that. In fact, probably don't have that. So if, you, if you're not getting that one-to-one -one coaching, how can you best utilize goal setting to make sure that it's being effective for you? Yeah, that, that's honestly uh, one of the best questions so far and obviously really hard to answer. I have some ideas about it. Um, in my opinion, obviously, it will be best if you work with a coach because a coach can hold you accountable and a coach can 
discuss with you and talk to you, ask you open questions about all the goals that you want to achieve, why, how, and how you'll be able to set that up. One of the things that I've seen that's especially different between professional sports and amateur sports is the way that in professional sports, you basically always work with a periodization. And we, we, we know a periodization, well, you know it especially from a SNC perspective. But in most sports, the technical sports coaches will also work with a periodization, right? Um, and that's something that is not being used often in amateur sports. So one of the first thing that I would be able to tell people right now is, you know, go look on Google, look at maybe fill in an annual training plan. And then you'll see like, hey, how, how is an annual training plan format being set up and start that for yourself? Kind of see like, hey, hey, what's the goal that I want to do and try to fill that in in the sheet and then try to work backwards from there and see if you can fill that in. Then another one is that I think if you do not have the ability to work with a coach, try and see if you can find a friend to link up with. Um, one of them needs to be quite assertive because one of them needs to uh, be sort of like the trainer to the other one. And hopefully both can can fill that role for each other. But if you have someone, maybe a friend or a spouse that can help you out and be um, be that person that, you know, that can hold you accountable it's going to be way easier to make sure that you're staying on that goal setting um, track, right? So probably we all know if we go to the gym, it's really hard to stay on that course by yourself for a couple of months or even a couple of years. But if you're having a workout partner, it's going to be way easier because maybe the one day you're not feeling it, he's going to help you or she's going to help you through it. Um, so yeah, I, I think you always need someone to help you or you need to be a highly structured person that uh, reads a lot of books because obviously there's quite a bit of books about goal setting out there nowadays. It's it's really a topic that comes to mind quite often. Um, yeah, you can you can learn quite a bit from those books as well, but obviously not for anyone. And are there any in particular that you'd recommend? Um, well, I've actually a couple maybe months ago, I've read Atomic Habits. Yeah. And I think Atomic Habits is for quite quite some people in the training world. It's, it's actually quite, quite um, yeah, a lot of people will know it. Uh, but it, I think in Atomic Habits, they describe, qu describe quite a bit of um, good habits to set. So you will eventually become better at your goal setting and also be better at achieving them. I think that's some, some excellent advice. And uh, in terms of time, I think we are pretty much there. So Frank, massive thanks for your time and effort today. I really appreciate it. And it was uh, super interesting. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I, uh, I appreciate it too, Matt. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. And where can people find you, by the way? Because obviously uh, some people will be interested to see what you're up to. Where can people uh, find your uh, social media or whatever? Yeah, thanks. Well, I, in March, I'll be uh, going off of social media. So I'm going to do a quick spam here. I'm going to do the hashtag Insta free March. Normally, we were doing that in February, but I urge everyone to stay off social media for a month if you can. We've been doing that for the last four or five years. And it's really, it's, it's a nice experience to have. But basically, Instagram is the only platform that you will be able to find me I have a pretty uh, crazy Instagram handle, which is called at Frankie Chardonnay. I will leave that story alone. But, uh, that's where that's where you'll be able to find me. Absolutely excellent, mate. And we won't unfortunately be able to find you in the, in the month of March, but uh, April Fool's, uh, 1st of April, you'll be back in. Yeah, yeah, I'll be definitely back. 
Excellent, buddy. Right, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Bye. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Frank for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get more information on sport performance, all you have to do is get yourself in there completely for free with the link in the show notes for seven days. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it would be brilliant if you could recommend it to a colleague, a coach, a friend, or even an athlete. That means that we can keep spreading the good word of the podcast and of course, bring you the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.